I will not read the verses uh, 1 through 11. Uh, only First uh, Samuel 17 and then verse 11 and I will pray. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let us pray. Father, we come to your throne of grace, Lord, because only because you are gracious and merciful, so we have access to your very presence, Lord. And that was accomplished because of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I pray, Lord, this morning, continue to call your people to yourself. Gather them. And those people that is now gathered, I pray, Lord, continue to grow them strengthen, comfort them, Lord, as they live in this life, proclaiming you, giving glory to your name in your strength. And so I pray again, Lord, speak to us through your word, to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. And we will look at this passage, and I know this is a familiar uh, passage to you. And as we look at it, I don't want to miss one, uh, one thing, to state one thing. That this event is a historical event. This is a true event. This is not uh, written just to give um, uh, an illustration and then put in words that they say some, sometimes they look at the Bible, that the Bible will put words, uh, gigantic words, j just to produce something that is uh, special. No, this is historical. This is true event. But this event, the true event, of course, it is written from the vantage point of God whereby he will reveal something and he will teach us something. And of course, the main concern of the Bible is for us to know who God is, for us to know who he is. And then knowing who he is, we will also have this good definition of who man is. Because man is created in the image and likeness of God. It is not the other way around. It is not man creates something and that is he created something that is high and that is God himself. No. Man created in the image and likeness of God. But that has been ruined by the fall. And that is why God is giving us this revelation for us to know him more, and then we will see how he will uh, do things in, uh, I will use the word because of the background of the fall, him in saving us, him in uh, lifting us up and putting us back again to his desired purpose in his 
original intention why He created us. And so we will look at this text. Now, I was surprised when I read this. You see, surprise still happens. Because though I grew up in a missionary house, of course, what I heard, the story about David and Goliath, and that's all I know. And maybe every Filipino knows it. That's why we love basketball, because we can experience David defeating Goliath. <laughs> but that is not the story when they hold the FIBA because we were mapped out, okay? So 3-1, it says the, the score. So I don't go with that. But maybe this is so familiar also with the Filipino because of that thing. But if you keep on studying the scripture, the Lord in his grace and in his mercy, that's why the word of God is truly living and active. Though this part of the scripture is in the Old Testament, it is still living and active. It will do something. It will reveal something from your heart, the, the very message of God, and will teach you something for you to go to the Lord with a right heart or with a right attitude. And so the word surprise, because I thought that the, the, the story is, is straight up. It's like, this is Goliath, and this is David, and they fight, and David won. But when you look at this, 11 chapters, where the author describes the event. And so you will think, Lord, why all this description? And so look, the description first, the, he, the author described about uh, the location. And then I will highlight, it says in verse 3, the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with the valley between them. So they both stood in a high place. Later we will look uh, what is uh, the lesson there. And then it says in verse 4, the introduction of the champion or a champion came out from the armies. And then the verse that I read, uh, when Saul and all Israel heard these words, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. There is this emotion there or there is the, uh, this condition of the heart there. So, I will not go on the details of the story. I am not good with maps also. But one thing I say to summarize, they both stood in a high place. For war, that is, uh, to, to, to look at it in the context of war, that is the advantage. Or the, if you are in a high place, that is advantage, uh, advantageous for you. So Israel and Philistine, in their own wisdom, put themselves in a place that is advantageous for them. That's why they stood there, and no one will go down first, because if you go down first, of course, this enemy that is in a high place will uh, easily defeat you. And then, so that is telling us about that man has this wisdom. 
They, they, they have this heart, they have this mind that will think that I, uh, that I will position myself in a point that is advantageous to me. And at the same time, now, in verses 4, the, 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 the description of a champion. So it says, a champion came up from the armies of the Philistine named Goliath. And then again, the description, first, his stature, his height was six cubits and a span. Taller than Harden, of course. <laughs> or maybe taller than Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know about anything else like sports. I don't know about quarterbacks, it says. But I heard a lot of jokes of it that uh, people in America are so tight in their budget, that's why they're looking for the quarter. Where's the quarter? Where's the quarter? <laughs> At least in basketball, it's a big ball. But the quarter, I don't know how they find it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> So here is a big man, and then covered with, uh, it says here, uh, a bronze helmet on his head, and he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed thousands. And then the description is so massive. But again, you will pause, and you will think, Lord, what are you telling me in this? And of course, it will reveal what is truly in your heart as you read this text. What is in the heart of man that is always wanted to be up that place, wanting to be always the giant on his own and wanted to, 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 to put on to himself something that will make him secure. Actually, if you read this story, you will think, oh Lord, in the theme of all the scripture, when the Lord is working in your hearts through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you will think, then how can a man be saved? That's the greatest question. Or how can a man be right with you, Lord? Where did I get that light or that guidance that will put me in this right perspective as you read this history? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. And as you are studying about the women used by the Lord, and here is one of them. It says, Hannah's song. Look. In this lens, I pray that we can study all the more what is written, and specifically for this morning uh, in 1 Samuel 17. Listen. In verse 2, I will begin. It says, There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. There, nor is there any rock like our God. And then in verse 3, boast no more. Why is that? Because God is the only 
or should be the only one highly and lifted up. Should be highly and he is the one lifted up. He is the one to be worshipped. He is the one to be adored. He is the one that our knees should bow. But people are boasting against the Lord. They are fighting in their rebellion against the Lord. That's why the next verse is boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge and with him actions are weighed. You see, born as fallen, there is this tendency in our heart. There is this condition of our heart that we will go against the Lord. That, we, that our sin is actually a, a good evidence or our sin is, is the, the, the way it, it exposes us of who we are. And all sin is rebellion against the Lord. And so, with that light, as I look again in 1 Samuel 17, the description has been there or put there. You will think, Lord, without you giving conviction to my heart, this is also my heart's condition. I wanted to be up there. I wanted to be the, the, the giant of, on myself. I want to have a secure life by myself, if only. Without you, Lord. Without you. That is why, let's go and I will highlight verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That's the context. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Why? They're not thinking that they have God in their side. No. They were dismayed and greatly afraid because they thought that Saul as their king can protect them, but now there is one person bigger than Saul. If you look at the story, just uh, to give a, a background in comparison to that giant in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 23, it says here, So they ran and took him, referring to Saul, from there. And when he stood among the people, listen, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders up. And what is their request? They are requesting for a king, and they say, like or appoint us a king to judge us like all the other nations. They wanted also someone who is the champion that is on their side without God. They wanted to be independent of God. But now... They are faced with reality that there's someone taller than their king, Saul. 
mightier than their king Saul. And also Saul himself saw it from Goliath. That's why they were afraid. That's why they cannot move. That's why it says they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Are you fearful of your life now? Are you being dismayed with the things that uh, where you are at now? With the things that is happening uh, in your neighborhood or happening in your life? Maybe God is calling you, or not maybe. In reality, God is calling you not to look on yourselves, but to look on Him. But, you see, that one point, we can never do that, to look unto God, unless the Lord will intervene. That is why, again, I will... Uh, let's go back to that statement. Who then can be saved? Oh, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us conviction that truly that what, what we will see here is not only the Goliath that is happening in, in our situation, but truly what will, uh, the Lord will give us this conviction that this heart is also in me, Lord. That I will be fighting against you, Lord, unless you intervene according to your grace and your mercy. And so, I will not highlight uh, about David. But in the context of David and Goliath, if you see, the story is the Lord provides someone. The Lord is the one who will provide. The Lord is the one who intervenes in, in, in this history. The Lord is the one who, who gave a heart like that of David. The Lord provided David. So I say I will not go into that details because I want to move fast forward. That God's intervention... To, to captivate our hearts back to Him. To captivate our hearts not to continue in rebellion against Him is to show us the gospel. And if you look at it, the picture of this event and the gospel is the same. There is this giant and then there is this David. And also the details is, they also rejected David. They, they also question, is this someone that can save us with, with that Goliath man? Or from that Goliath man? If Saul cannot save us, who then? And David is a figure of the Lord's provision and yet people will reject it. And it's the same with the gospel. And that is why it says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. 
This is God's intervention. This is God's doing. Listen, 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, God is still using, or God is revealing himself in a way not according to our, our expectation. That is, God will captivate your heart in a, in a humble way. In a, like here, it says, the language, it says, foolishness to those who are perishing. How is that? Without us knowing the, the, the full story of David and Goliath. And then if you are there, in the, you will see David. You will question it. You will say, this one cannot, will not. Or how can this one will rescue us from this giant one? Sometimes we, we read the story because we know the conclusion. Oh, David defeated Goliath. But here, I pray also that Throughout the scripture, we will know about the conclusion of the power of God that is able to change the heart of man. Of the power of God that is able to, to change the, the pride heart of man, the, the proud mind of man, and then transform it and then convict it according to the gospel that is so low in there or in our fallen expectation because that is where the power of God or where all the more that we can acknowledge that this is truly from God himself the saving work of God the saving work that will change our heart and our mind the saving work of God that will make us bow down to him, that will make us give up everything that we think so that we can put ourselves that high up and then now the heart and mind that God will change will make us humble down, will make us fold our knees to him and then ask for his mercy and his grace. That is a humbling uh, experience or humbling reality. And that is God doing it in our hearts. That's why we keep on telling you whenever we ask, what should we pray for you? We keep on telling you, pray for our hearts also. We will not be proud. Remember that when Apostle Peter tell that thing, that uh, about pride, and it will make you uh, an easy prey for, for Satan when you are proud. Why? Because proud man is the enemy of God. If you are proud, you are an enemy of God. And if you are an enemy of God, you are an easy prey for the enemy of God also, because God is not with you. You see? So that is, I pray, 
that we kept on clinging on the mercy of our Lord. That we look at our life, not that we can stand according to our own strength. That we, as a Christian, of course, all the more, that we can stand and we will stand because of his mercy upon us. Because God is accomplishing his purpose towards us. That's all. Christian. That is why in all the scripture, as you keep on reading it, one thing that the, the, the highlighted thing, especially about Christ, is his humility. Of course, there is this exaltation of Christ. But one thing that will keep us amazed of the gospel is that Christ humbled himself. The cross is not, uh, is not something that we can boast about. No. The, the cross is a symbol of someone that is being uh, put to death because of crime, because of shameful crime. And yet the Lord Jesus went through it. Christians, do not be deceived that one thing that, we, that will make us victorious is if we will be on that high mountain. No. Christians, one thing that will make us victorious is if we fix our eyes on Christ and on Christ alone, that according to the world is foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the wisdom and the power of God. That Christ or that God in his purposes will accomplish ultimately things for his glory, not because we are highly and lifted up and well-respected as Christians, no, but because of the truth that is in Christ, because of the glories of Christ, and because of the work of the Holy Spirit that will convict someone, that will change the heart and mind of a man, and will show Christ as the attraction that will make him acceptable toward God himself. That's the only message. And so I pray this morning, again, that yes, I, I cannot convince you with a one hour or 30 minutes or 45 minutes. No. You will say, what, what is his, uh, his point? For one hour, he will convince me of this. And of course, I'm a Filipino. I know that. And it's hard for me also to, to arrange things, especially in English. But that is, again, I will not reside on the prowess or the power of the argument of men, but of who Christ is, of the truth that is in the Lord, because it says it is the power of God. That's why Paul says in one of his statements, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why I am not ashamed of the gospel? It should be positive. Like in the Philippines now, they are trying to, 
uh, in churches, they say, oh, don't, don't speak negative. Let's invite positivity. So let's speak positive. But in the Bible, there's negative, not ashamed. Why not just use the word positive? Be bold for the gospel. Why it says not ashamed? Why? Because like that of David or to the other side, like that of Goliath, the world. And if the Lord will not intervene in our hearts, we like something that is high. We, 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 we love to be like that of Goliath. That's why the preaching of Christ to them is foolishness. Because the preaching of Christ is so humbling. The preaching of Christ is, is not suitable for this proud world. That is why Paul said, I am not ashamed. They will make fun of us. They will, they will laugh at us, maybe. Or they will persecute us. But I will depend on one thing. And that one thing only. And that is, if this is in the truth of God, if this is in the word of God, no matter what the world will say, I will trust in the power of my God. For surely he will deliver. For surely he will save. For surely he can intervene. For surely he can change the heart, the mind of a man that is so hardened with sin. And so that is our trust. If you are here today, if you are still in rebellion against the Lord, not my argument can change you, of course. But I know the Lord lovingly and mercifully will give you this conviction in his mercy that he will change you. He will change your heart and your mind that you will turn to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will embrace him. If you are being a Christian for a long time, it is still the power that you need. It is still the truth that you need to grow thereby to know the power, the grace, and mercy of the Lord displayed in Christ himself. That's all. That's all. There is no other way. There's no other way. But thanks be to God because he did it. That is his mercy. But one thing, I will close in this also. If you keep on rejecting the word of the Lord, God is also a God of justice. One day, it is written also in the Bible that one day he will come in his judgment. So that is a fearful thing. Like that of Goliath, what happened to the man described. He is so tall, clothed with security uh, that 
that time, maybe that is the high tech of their, their time. But what happened to him? Just one stone hit him on the head. He fell. Cut off his head by this boy. That's why Hannah said, boast no more. Boast no more. Or you will be shattered. God in His justice will shatter you. But again, to give you an encouragement, God also in His mercy will shatter you. And that shattering uh, word or truth of God, it will make you humble and you will fold your knees before Him and you will embrace the one that He sent for your salvation that is the Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Oh Lord, in your grace, in your mercy, I trust, Lord. In the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I continue to trust. And in your truth, save your people, Lord. Gather your people. Make us a worshiper of you, Lord. Shattered us, not according to your justice, but according to your mercy, Lord, so that we will fold our knees and bow down before you. To you all be the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.